Hi, I'm Parker. And I'm Chelsea. And we're from New York Toy Collective. And you're listening to <laughs> Masocast. Perfect. <laughs> hey, look at you. You accidentally downloaded another episode of the Masocast. No big announcements, but uh, uh, someone emailed asking if we're going to do another pledge drive. Um, I'd like to, but I really don't have uh, a lot of stuff to give people like we did last time. Um, and I really don't have time to, to try to track a lot of stuff down. So we might do a pledge drive, but it'd just be like, hey, you get the satisfaction of knowing the show's going to keep going for another year. Uh, while I still debate that, you can go ahead and donate still. Yeah, sure you can. Massacast.com. On the upper right, you'll see the link there where to click to donate via PayPal. And it's all anonymous. Uh, you know, your stuff isn't shared. This episode, uh, Mistress Crimson is back. Friend of the show, Mistress Crimson. She wrote a great blog post called BDSM for Survivors, where she talks about how you can be into kink while still dealing with your uh, trauma from sexual assault. Conversation is serious at first, so but don't worry. It's important stuff to hear for both uh, people who are victims and people who aren't victims. It's just important to know about this stuff. And then we get back onto the silliness and, uh, and the Wonder Woman and, and the talking about uh, burlesque uh, in the second part of the episode. Here it is, Mr. Crimson. Enjoy. So you recently wrote a blog post yes. called BDSM for Survivors. Yes. Now, this is probably going to be one of the more serious. So people, listen, we're going to get to the jolly stuff. This is important stuff as well. Right. There's jollies to be had. Yes. But um, and I think you have, you know, in our conversations in the past, you've hinted. I mean, you've, you've mentioned that you... That I'm are, a crisis counselor. You were a crisis Or was. I'm not anymore. Right. But because... And you got into that because you've experienced sexual violence yourself. Yes. Am I phrasing this? Yeah. Okay. I'm not good at serious interviews. Let me just say this right now. I know, and I so appreciate you doing that. Right, but I think this is an important thing to to talk about. Right. Because it makes me... The reason why I'm not good at it is because it makes me angry. It makes me very angry that someone I care about was injured in the first place, and I just want to go out there and just beat heads, you know? Yeah. And um, because violence is always answerable by violence. That's the best. Exactly. Um, No, we don't have to talk about the details. Right. But was, was when you were assaulted, was it in the context of BDSM? It was. It was. Mm-hmm. And that must be, I mean, the whole article is about how do you get back into kink? You get a lot of, and we, I've had emails, people asking me that same question too. If you're a kinky person, you experience sexual violence, how do you get back into kink? How do you trust someone again? How do you, I have got other friends who've gone through this as well. And it's like, you know, it's, it's PTSD, obviously. Right. Um, how did you find your way back into kink after? Um, I had a lot of therapy. And I will say I'm really lucky because I know therapy is something that not everyone can get to do. Um, whether financially or time-wise, uh, it's not an option for everybody. Yeah. Unfortunately, it was an option for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had a lot of therapy. And, and I should say also, I, but I couldn't find any resources, which is why I wrote this. There's n- like there's a couple books on sex generally, like getting back into sex generally. But there's nothing for like kinky people either who want to get back into it because they were kinky before or experience this and are like, oh, now, like, now I have this new interest, but I'm worried it's going to like 
trigger something from when I had non-consensual violence. Mm -hmm. There's, like, nothing out there. So I just sort of, I took a break from switching entirely because I was bottoming when it happened. Um, Which is not to say that you can't be assaulted when you're topping someone, too. Mm -hmm. And I just stopped everything that I had, everything that we had been doing went on my hard limits list for, I was, this was, like, 13 years ago. Is that the right math? I was 19. So a while ago. It was Mm -hmm. over a decade ago. And then a couple years ago, I just got kind of mad. I was like, I don't want to give all that up for the rest of my life. Um, And I was in a long-term relationship, and we sort of started exploring a little bit. But he wasn't very toppy at all. Like, it was more just very service toppy. Like, oh, this makes you happy. I'll do it. So, which was actually perfect, because it wasn't an intense scene. It was just, let's sort of dabble. It's baby steps. Baby steps, exactly, which I think is a great... Baby steps in a lot of areas of life are a good idea. So this is probably a pretty good person to do baby steps with. Someone who's... It's not a deep desire of theirs. Someone who's perfectly fine going at whatever speed you're going. Right. And he also um, was just a good friend. Like, he was good at the friend part of boyfriend. Right. Um, And so I knew if something bad... Like, not bad happened, but if I had some sort of reaction or just had to stop, I wouldn't have to worry about being embarrassed. Because... But he was my best friend, and we would just figure it out. Yeah. So having that safety net of, like, you're not going to get mad at me, and you're not, I'm not going to be embarrassed, and we can just see what happens. And I just had to have faith in myself and faith in him to just take that leap and see what would happen. And then, like, last spring, I think it was, was when I got super mad. <laughs> I was like, I'm so sick of not doing stuff I like. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like also just over a decade, just time really does heal a lot of things. Um and once I sort of reframed it to, it was like, you got a, I, I actually have a physical impairment that I'll have for the rest of my life because of this. Like, you got that. You don't get my fun, too. Yeah. I deserve to have fun. Um, and I found a partner who I trust and who is amazing and also a good friend part of the boyfriend and who I know, again, similar things. But we, we go a lot harder. But I always know if something were to happen, you know, I don't have to be embarrassed. Here's one of these questions that you don't know the answer to, but maybe you've put some thought into. Mm-hmm. Because your assault involved BDSM, mm-hmm. do you think that made it harder to go into BDSM? Like if it was a, a sexual assault that had nothing to do with the kink aspect. Right. Am I, am I making sense? Yeah. Um, do you think it would have been easier to get back into kink if there was no kink involved in your assault? Um, Maybe. Maybe. It but, probably depends entirely on, obviously, context and all this other stuff. Yeah. I think, I mean, I picked up pretty quickly afterwards in doing other things, and I was fine. Um, it was just those specific activities. And I think a lot of survivors experience that just with sex generally. Like, if there was a cer- certain way their body posi- was positioned or what I mean it's it is PTSD it's mm-hmm. just you know war veterans hear a loud noise and they hide under a table yeah um so I don't you know I don't know I I had a very I've had a very fulfilling kinky sex life relatively qu- quickly after that you know but just it was just these things and they but they were unfortunately they were like my favorites yeah so it's like well, if you really <laughs> it's a horrible analogy um but like you really love chocolate and then you find out you're allergic to chocolate and it's like well i can still have vanilla cake but what i really want is that it's, chocolate yeah. cake yeah. like i need to figure out a way to get a shot for this stuff yeah. 
So it, you know, it's not like I've been deprived, but I did have to make a decision of just like, I'm going to do this and maybe it'll go horribly, but. And it took you getting angry because you were like, God damn it. I want to do this again. Yeah. And then you just kind of, because you, you, how were you dealing with it prior to that? You were just like, okay, these are the different activities I know I need to avoid and I'm fine. Yeah. That, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, s- I suppose that's what that's probably the first one of the first steps is you know need to know what your triggers are, mm-hmm. and it, I'm sure you didn't even know what all your triggers were at first, right? No, I had a pretty good handle on like what I wanted to avoid, um, and and it was some sexual things and some just like you know, unfortunately, like if you have a shaved head, I can't date you yeah. for a while, yeah. and I that isn't an issue for me anymore. Um, but it was just, I thought that I just, here, I just didn't even think I could bottom in a real way ever again. Mm-hmm. And then that turned out to be not true. And I was like, oh, this is great. Maybe I just can't do these other things ever again. And that's turning out to not be true, which is fantastic. But I do think you have to have self-awareness so you can warm, like not warm, but so you can talk with your partners about like things that might be hard for you. You know, they deserve to know. I have a friend who, for her, it, it she doesn't know all the triggers. You know, she right. she's tried to find them all. She still doesn't doesn't know all the triggers because sometimes something will happen that hasn't happened in the past, a word or something, and that'll be a trigger. And she was like, okay. You know, obviously she, she'll tell her partners ahead of time, right. look, this could happen at any moment, you know. And yeah. she, I think she has a different safe word for – there's a different safe word if it's just a regular safe word as opposed to if something is – Okay, not only do you need to stop, you need to cuddle or need to leave the room. Or, you know, these right. are the things that need to happen when I use this other safe word. That's so smart. Yeah. I'm totally going to take that and use that <laughs> when I give. Because every time I teach, I have at least one woman. I, and normally I have, like, a line. And I know that if they have to ask me something privately, that's probably what's going to be. Yeah. And that is a genius. And I'm cribbing that for sure. No charge. Great. No charge. Tell her I said thanks. Yeah. And that, that's really smart. Uh but again, it's trial and error for her to find this out because right. it, the person on the other end, and in, in your post, you write about this too, not just advice for survivors, but also advice for the play partners of yeah. survivors. Um, the person has to know, okay, there's a difference between me saying red, green, or you know, a safe word because, hey, the play is a little too hard or something like that, uh, as opposed to uh, what the person's reaction should be, as opposed to, hey, you just hit a trigger or you're getting close to triggering something because the reaction of the you know if, if someone says orange uh, you know okay hey let's change what we're doing type of safe word right. the person can just go oh, okay but if the person says grapefruit because they're getting close to a trigger then the person knows okay we have to change the tone or we have to change yeah um, and it ta- you know so it takes patience on both people obviously yeah obviously. That's so smart. What, what, uh, I never thought I'd be the one to teach you. <laughs> uh, so how, what was it about your partner, just long-term trust, or what was it that really helped you go down this path? Um, about? well, I would say, like, my ex, um, and I write about this in the blog post, and I think this is really important for and I, I, like it gets so gendered, and like I don't want to feel like anyone's excluded. But I'm mostly thinking of um, male partners when I of of male or female 
survivors when I'm thinking about this. But not to say that, like, this can apply to lesbian partners, gender nonconforming people, too. But I think that um, male reactions, like, I mean, you are a great example. Like, male reactions usually are, like, violence. And they're just, I'm going to go kick that person's ass. It's like, well, can you just maybe just stay on the couch for five more minutes because mm-hmm. we need to talk about this. And then maybe you can be angry, but not at me. Or, like, can you put the anger yeah. elsewhere? Or they just don't want to deal with it. And then it's like they try and make you laugh or they shut down or whatever. And I dealt with all of those reactions. Or the they think they're being funny, I think, of like, wow, you he must have really liked you. You know, you must have been you must have been doing something super hot. I've heard that. Or crying. Just mm-hmm. like, I don't want to deal with you crying. But well, so, okay, hold on. Hold on. If a person cries when you tell them this news, yeah. that's their natural emotional reaction. Obviously their job is to try to just support you in that. Right. I know. Maybe it sounds insensitive, but, but it could be they could be crying because they've experienced assault. Which you know? I would totally understand. What you're saying is there's nothing they can do right other well, than no. just sit there and just. Mm-hmm. That's not true. I think, and when I when I worked with, so when I was crisis counseling, I was on site, like usually within an hour of the assault happening mm. with the survivor and then family or boyfriend, husband whatever and so i had to work with those people on how to help their loved one and what i try would try to do is like talk to them about meeting the survivor kind of at their level but also like their emotional needs need to be handled by someone other than that person Mm -hmm. and i like crying at least the crying i always experienced was like oh the inhumanity of the world kind of crying and then they would need me to tend to them and it's like and i usually when I'm telling someone this, it's not an emotional thing for me anymore. It's just, here's, this is part of my sexual, mm-hmm. I'm allergic to peanuts, so please don't eat any before we have sex, and also this. Mm-hmm. And and then it's like, well, now, uh, like, now I have to, like, deal with your angst or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, and so I don't think that's an especially, I, I, they just, I mean, people can't help it, I guess, if they cry. But, like, then if it turns into this, like, sobbing, you have to take care of me, you have to manage my emotions thing, that's not especially helpful. Yeah. Um, so, but then, so my ex was, like, the best reaction that I had. And I think that set just a good precedent for our relationship of, that's really awful, I'm really sorry, like, I'm glad I know that. But it didn't, and it also, he didn't, like, neuter me, which I've had. And I think that's actually a very common response of, like, well, we can't have rough sex now, and we can't, like, you're a China doll that might break. And if someone's telling you this stuff, they, they're they probably down to fuck. Like, they're ready to do this with you. You just need to know all the information before you do it. Yeah. It's not that they want, I mean, in the context of what we're talking about, if this is a relationship where it's, I don't want to have sex for a long time because of whatever. Like, there's a lot of other situations. But if it's in a context of, I want to do kinky sex with you, you need to know this about me first, that means that they're, like, ready. Yeah. And they want, and that's, and they're excited about spending time with you and sharing their body with you. And you need to, like, respect the yes on that, I think. And my partner did that. And and my current partner was also, like, Okay, that's really messed up and awful and like but he didn't ever question what I wanted or like well, maybe we shouldn't. He's it, it, both of them always met me at my level of like 
I trust my trust my girlfriend to know what she can and can't do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, didn't look at me as, as something that needed to be protected, but just as their partner and this is part of their past. But it's understandable that the person's going to probably might need time to process, mm-hmm. obviously, right? Yeah, they might not want to, like, bullwhip you right away. Yeah. Or be bullwhipped by you right away. But All right, thanks for the information. Get in the stocks. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that might be how it goes. I don't know. But it's just, I think it's just important to not, like, take away that person's personhood in any way because... That's already a big part of getting mm-hmm. over the hurdle. Um, and so that for me was was the turning point was being with someone who was just up here and, you know, talked with me about it and didn't have a lot of fear. Like, oh, if I, you know, if I ask about something, if you ask a question in a respectful way, I think any kind of trauma, like death of a parent or, you know, horrible illness or something like that. Dialogue is good and constructive. And he had questions, and he asked them in a polite way, and I answered them, and it was great. So, but it seems like since you got angry, started taking steps, the baby steps to play again, and, mm-hmm. and bring back your bring back your chocolate. Yeah, uh, you seem pretty thrilled and happy. It's like <laughs> it's back. You, yeah, you know, you're you're like ha ha. I mean, it's been eight years of that though. Like the baby steps. No, not even the baby steps started about nine years ago. Mm-hmm. Um. So it's been like, and everyone's going to move at a different pace. There's no set answer. It to sounds this, to me though that like the baby steps turn into giant leaps for mankind in the past couple of years. Is that true? Yeah, it's been a couple of years. But it was just a matter of finding the right partner to, or was it just both? Both finding the right partner, someone you trusted, and being in the right place. Yeah, I think, and I had a couple people before the person I'm with now who I explored stuff with, and some of them were horrible and taught me how to really set boundaries about Mm -hmm. it and like what to look for in people um and some of them were great in just varying ways and and you know every like a lot of people have been helpful but really you can't rely on your partner you have to kind of get there on your own when you look back at your i can't believe i'm using this word journey (laughs) oh we're so oprah today (laughs) Free cars underneath your seats. Uh, when you look back at your journey, mm-hmm. what was the thing you're like, oh, God, I wish someone had told me. But I mean, there's a lot of this in the article, right. too. But for someone's driving in their car right now and can't uh, look at your article right now. but what- um, That, I think it's really that re- like reclaiming your sex life can be really I, the word empowerment is so loaded, I just, especially when it comes to women. But the re- like reclaiming the stuff that you like can actually be really helpful. Um, but also not to like... I think in the kinky world, we sometimes err on the side of rushing everything um, and not really honoring people's experiences. And there, there's no rush. Mm. Like You don't have to have all the merit badges. There are, you know, because it seems like there's these kinky merit badges of like, if you're a really great top, then you can do anything, and you just the only limits you have are because it's just stuff that bores you. Like mm-hmm. you, you can have no emotional limits because you're a do- real and true dominant, right? And I have limits as a top that came from that experience. Um, and and or if you're like a really good bottom, then you just get the mess beat out of you at every chance you get and it's like these extremes and you don't want, like you don't have to prove yourself to anybody yeah just 
be cool. Um, and I think that's important because, you know, and I wish that there was more talk about this in the BDSM community generally. But I think that because we're so used to people saying, like, confusing BDSM with sexual violence, you know, or, like, it turns into this sort of no one wants to talk about it because we don't want the non-kinky people to feel like we are harming each other non-consensually. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a huge error. Like, I'm shocked that there's no, like, counts like, grief, like, not grief counselors, crisis counselors at events. Because I feel like that is a petri dish of triggers. <laughs> you know, you walk into a room and you don't know what you're going to see. It's not a con- not a controlled environment, and you know going into it. But I mean, I've seen I, early on. I saw scenes at fetish clubs. That I just had to leave because they were triggers for you. Yeah, you absolutely. Like the first time I saw a woman get thrown into a wall, it's like I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and go now. Um, but I remember in college we would do the vagina monologues, and there's a lot of talk about assault and that. And there was we always had crisis counselors outside the theater. So if it just hit a button for you, you can go talk to them. And I think it. I haven't gone to a lot of conventions, but I think there is a lot of pickup play with people who you might not know that well, which is fine. But, like, you might not want to cry on random stranger's shoulder. I know for me that would be wretchedly awkward. Like, I am not processing this with you, dude, I just met. I think if I had walked into an event and saw a woman getting thrown against a wall, I would be... And I haven't experienced anything. Right. And I'd be like, okay... Little much for me. Yeah, I mean, things can get pretty intense. And that's great. I mean, I am into things that I think if people saw from the outside, both as a top and a bottom. I mean, I've done some really mean things to people. And I think if someone just saw it, they'd be like, oh my God, she's a monster. Like, this is terrible. Someone save him. Yeah. Um, And so it just surprises me that there's not more classes about this or discussions or groups for partners of survivors because they need resources, right? And men, especially male partners, like, the feelings is hard, right? Talking about the food, because men, men, especially male tops, have no feelings, right? Do you you think that's still the case, or do you think it... Mm. Sometimes. I mean, especially new male tops. They are they are men, yeah. right? Like we hunt and we hurt and you know, ugh. And but I think it's very hard. I've dated other survivors, and even having gone through it myself, it's like sometimes you just need to like talk about it with someone else who knows what it's like to support that kind of situation. Uh, we've covered a lot so far. Yeah. What are we missing? I mean, uh, the article. I mean, I'm, right. obviously, people will be able to click on the article from. Oh. There'll be a handy podcast. link. There'll be a handy link. Oh, I want to give the number. If you are, you know, if you're struggling with this or you have a partner, um, Rain is a really great organization. Tori Amos is affiliated with it. So you know it's got to be good. So you know it's got to be good. I kind of feel like I'm like being the kinky Tori with this stuff, but somebody had to talk about it. Sure. Right? No, no. This is, and I'm so glad. Well, we'll just go ahead and get the right. number for Rain. So the number for Rain is 1 800 656 HOPE, and they can. Um, help you find counselors in your area uh, and also if you are a charitable giving person they always need funds and so, are they kink aware I mean I, no I mean there's no there's no telling you no really telling can, right so you might be able to get find someone but they'll be able to it's give a good you a starting list. place they'll give you a list and then you can find someone who suits you from there but right and you can talk place. to counselors directly on the phone too so if oh, you're nice. in a crisis situation you can do that as well um 
But yeah, I, I'm I've been just consistently surprised at the lack of discussion, and it's a, it was a little terrifying to put my business out into the world. But uh, so, and I think this is why you're a perfect person to talk about this. Not just because of your experiences and your and your abilities, uh, your ability to talk about it, but also because most people when they comment on your episodes when they t- email me and like they're like oh she's just so wonderful you know or they'll, they'll, it's always and so to be able to hear this from you uh, holds a lot of credence I think too, I hope so. so I mean I hope that that it will help people because I sure didn't have any help so there's obviously there. I can guarantee you someone will be probably wanting to contact you about right. your experiences is this something that like look it's way too deep for you to I mean, you can maybe offer people suggestions, but you're... What I'm saying is, is that should people who... Should someone email you right now if they, they feel like they have no one they can talk to, but... Do you want to open right. that? Okay, you're just oh, well, giving a look like... Eh, don't, no, no, don't no, know. I'm not. I, I am happy to provide resources and um, and point maybe, maybe some tips, but there's a lot of... I mean, I spent three months writing the blog post, yeah. so I really tried to get all the tips I had in there. Um, but I crisis counseling is, a, is all I'm trained for, and it's a very specific kind of counseling. So um, I'm not an appropriate person. Like therapy shouldn't. I'm not a therapist. I'm not anyone who should be necessarily helping via email. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that uh, you know, just I would say contact a, a professional. You also don't spell check, which is pretty annoying. Let's be honest. What? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> is there anything else that we didn't cover that you'd like to? I don't think so. I should have brought notes, but I didn't. I mean, the, the blog post does cover quite a bit. Yeah. And it's really brave that you you've done that and come Thanks. on here to talk about it too. Yeah, I hope that it's um, I hope that it's helpful, and I hope that event organizers maybe start integrating it into their curriculum a little bit. That would be, it's yeah. great to know ninety seven thousand ways to pour wax on someone, but <laughs> make it ninety six and then add. Right, or, you know, like, I think at least at burlesque conventions, we usually have AA meetings for people. It would be maybe just nice just to have, like, just a touch, just a touch point for people who are struggling with some of this stuff. Burlesque meetings have AA, burlesque conventions have AA meetings. Well, because there's a lot of drinking in burlesque. Oh. Like, we're usually, usually, yeah, well, no, I mean, performers, too, because a lot of the festivals we do are in venues that serve alcohol, and it's a social thing, and. You know, there's a lot of drinking backstage and alcohol, right? Stripping alcohol. It's not like so crazy that they would be integrated. And so I think it's hard. It's not something I have any knowledge of personally, but I think it's probably hard if you're a sober person to be around all of this alcohol all the time at your job. Let's talk about burlesque. Are you still doing the burlesque thing? I am. Oh, well, you didn't even give me. You answered <laughs> before I could even. Sorry. I. I'm still having a hard... I've seen one burlesque show since we last talked. Oh, good. And I just don't... I don't get it. I'm sure... I, it depends on who's hosting. If the right. person... Then I'm just waiting for the host to come back. I know you love Murray. If Murray Hill is hosting, then the burlesque show is just a vehicle for Murray Hill. It, you know what I mean? It's sort of like how Hot Wings are just a vehicle for blue cheese. I'm just like... I like the blue cheese. Hot Wings are like, eh, whatever. Right. Same thing with... I just want to watch Murray Hill... And the less dancers there are, the better, because that means more Murray. So I'm just like, all right, 
The dancers are on. All right, I'm gonna go. Oh, I can boobs. go. To, I can go to the. I can go to the bathroom. I see boobs are not. I'm not a boob guy. I'm a leg guy. So it's like whatever. So, you know, sure. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing. There, I can definitely appreciate a lovely set of breasts, but right. I'm just like, eh. all right. There's just, there's a dancer up. All right, I'm gonna go refill my drink or huh. check my email. When's Murray coming back? And I found that if it's not Murray hosting, I'm, I'm sure there are other lovely hosts. Yeah. Um, but if it's not Murray hosting, the other person I've seen host, I'm just like, yeah, okay, well, okay. What am I missing? Why am I, why can't I, because there's no real nude. I mean, there's not fully nakedness. There's no. I saw some full nudity last night. Was there any, was it backstage? <laughs> nope. Was there, I mean, okay. Right. Just, even that, even the full nudity, I'm just like, oh, well, okay. Well. I don't know what you're missing. I'll tell you this one thing. I, I'm not a fan of, like, when it comes to, like... You don't like fun. No. When it comes to, like, sex or something like that, if the woman's wearing any clothes whatsoever, I'm like, no. Naked. You gotta, why, why, not be, why would you be... Even, like, so, like, Victoria's Secret? Blech. No. It's... You're covering up nakedness. Why wouldn't you just want nakedness? So, any clothing, mm-hmm. like, any special outfits... It's like no, you're it's you're not naked. Be why why can't everyone just be naked? So maybe that's why because I've never been able to get into the costume aspect of right. some kinky sex. I think that that might be uh, that might be it because it's all burlesque really is about is the tease, right? And if you don't like the tease, then it's probably not for you. But it should be entertaining. I mean, Murray's entertaining. Murray, I like Mur- you know. Murray is much beloved by all. Yeah. Um, you know, he has his own show on MTV. On MTV? What? On MTV. One of the, not the main MTV, but on another MTV. I, how did I not know this? I don't know. Do you follow him on Twitter? Uh, I think I do. I follow so many people that it just kind of. Right. I only check it like once a day and then there's like 200 t- tweets I've right. missed. Anyways, Murray Hill has his, it's, it's short, but it's on, it's hilarious. I was crying when I was watching it. Um, I don't know. I think I find it entertaining, but you also don't like musicals, right? Uh-huh. Right. I just think maybe it's just you're not a song and dance man, and you don't like teas because usually the teas is what wins over the people who aren't song and dance people. Yeah. So I think maybe just that kind of art isn't your kind of art. Maybe. I mean, so I'm not belittling right. your craft. As what's your n- Dancer in rusty trombone. What's your? <laughs> there actually is a rusty trombone. I knew it. I knew there would be. Yeah, I don't. I don't disclose. You me. don't disclose. They yeah. just have to go to every burlesque show. And eventually, they'll see you and like, oh, I know her secret yeah. identity. Well, I'm kind of bummed because I just I've got friends who go all the time, yeah. and they're just like, oh, listen, we can't go out because I'm going to a burlesque show. Do you want to come? I'm like, oh, spend money. I gotta to... wash my hair that night. No, so. and then I'm like, I'm like. Oh, oh. If I want to see women not clothed, I mean clothed, right. I can go on the subway to see women clothed, you know. Right. Or I mean, it, it makes me, of course, because I'm like... You're really into it. Yeah. It makes me want to be like an evangelist and like well, then, find a place to take you that will change your world. But I mean, maybe you just like... You might just not. It might just not be for you. I want to because I want to like it. It's like how I try and get straight girls to sleep with me, you know. Because if you just slept with a woman, you wouldn't be straight anymore. Maybe they're just straight. Maybe well, I just but, need to but leave there the is a, there alone. is a con- so so. Here's the thing: there is a way to convince, not convince, but there is 
if you can guarantee a woman an orgasm or something, or, you know, like, look, you're going to, it's going to feel really good. Hey, right? ladies. Right. But you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. There is a, even if it's not her bag, she'll be like, oh, I got an orgasm. And sure, it wasn't, it wasn't ideal because, it, you know, but she can appreciate the orgasm, right? Right. Hopefully. And you'll probably give several because you're so high five. Oh, yeah. What's up, ladies? Yeah. <laughs> but there's no orgasm in, in. Burlesque. Burlesque. Well, I don't know. I mean, I've seen some damp pants in the house sometimes. Sure. Damp pants. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I just think it's... I love it because it's entertaining. Mm-hmm. And I like sparkle. So... I think that's... Maybe I'm not a sparkle person. Maybe that's what yeah, it is. Yeah, I, I... There are some people who is just not their thing. Yeah, I just really feel bad because I really wish... I feel like I'm not evolved enough to appreciate it or something like that. There's a lot of bad burlesque, too. I mean, oof. I have seen some rough. How do you how do you tell the difference? Um, most of the time, I mean, some of it's just a t- like a taste thing. Like it's just not. But even the numbers where I think uh, it's not really my thing. If it's well thought out and the costumes well made and they clearly put work into it, at least I can appreciate that. Not even the effort, but just that's a good number. It's just not for me. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of, I mean, burlesque has exploded in the last couple of years, and there's a lot of performers who I think think, oh, I'm very pretty, and I like to be naked. So ten minutes before the show, I'm gonna pick up some panties and I'm gonna take them off on a stage, and maybe I'll do it to a song that I like. The end. And there's no, it's work, and I get, I get a lot of like, how do I become a burlesque performer? It's like you work, it's work, it's hard. It's fun, but, I mean, if I'm paying money, I want to be entertained in yeah. a way that makes me forget my troubles and, like, just like going to a movie, you know, or some other, enter- you know, entertainment's supposed to be an escape. And I don't want to watch you work out your daddy issues on stage. I don't want to watch something that you clearly didn't put any thought into. How does someone work out their daddy issues on stage? What well, does that that's look like? just sort of a catchphrase, but, I mean... People who are doing it because they are so thirsty for validation. Oh, okay. I don't want... I'm not paying to validate you. I'm paying to be entertained. So it's not like they're just always picking Papa Don't Preach or something. No. Oh, I think someone actually does a good number to that song. Oh, wow. But... And, you know, so that's just... I'm just a crabby burlesque dancer, though. Crabby burlesque. That's her name. Hey, that's, I think we've cracked it. Get off my stage, shaking and cane. Well, man, I was hoping... Well, if you... If it, if it triggers for you and you're like, ah... Yeah. Then you're like, let me know. Maybe if it would you like comedy at all? Yeah. Maybe like some shows that are really funny. Well, that's what Murray Hill is. Murray Hill is hilarious, but like funny nudity maybe for you. Maybe. There's a there's a performer who does I saw it last night, but I've seen it before and I love it. A number to the song Breaking the Law and she lip syncs it with her butt. Like she bends over and moves her butt open and closed to I was in tears laughing. That's not my you don't think someone lip syncing with their labia is hilarious? Uh, it, I don't think it was funny when Jim Carrey did it, when he talked with his butt. Is it like that? But it's a, yeah, but it's like this beautiful woman being hilarious. Like a nine or a ten? Like a twelve. A twelve? Yeah. She has great legs. Well, maybe. And she lip syncs with her labia, too. Like, does she move with her hands? Yeah. Again? It's hilarious. I mean, that's comedy. But gold. see, that's for me. That's not. Uh, that's not funny. That's just sexy. 
Uh, I wouldn't be laughing. I'm just going, oh, that's an attractive you, woman I think also lady. her face. She just gives has this face of like, I give zero fucks. Right. It's, I don't know. I just think it's hysterical. I can guarantee by the description, Saad would love it. Yeah. Just because, I mean, I can guarantee you Saad would love it. It's hilarious. I would probably just be, there's an attractive woman and, you know, okay. I don't know. Oh, man. You know what? I'm going to be looking for you, though. I'm going to try to find a holy grail for you. Yeah, that would be great. But Murray Hill's got a host. It's got to start with that. Yeah. Because that way there's price of it. I love Murray. I could watch him host all day. I have I have had some drunken moments where I may have been inappropriate to him. A little handsy? He had a little handsy, yeah. yeah. I love a funny man. Murray is one of the funniest shows if I've ever seen. If you can make seen, me laugh, ever. my panties will probably fall off. That's right. She, that's why you. That's why you don't even bring bring you over when you come over here. Because I know they're just gonna drop they're them like, in and I walk. Ah, might as well just take these out of. Um, you've been dating. Yes. We were talking before we got on mic about. Yes. You've been on some. You've been dating. I have been. Have you been? Has this been OK Cupid thing or? Um, I'm on some sites. I've been. I should say though, I've been first dating. Because there very rarely is any second date. Just because you're like, hey, I'm going to go. Is, are you sticking, keeping it with coffee? Or are you doing dinner? Don't do dinner for a first um, No, I don't think there's been any dinners. Okay, good. It's usually, yeah, coffee or we go to a bar, but I don't drink really on first dates. Yeah. Um, so I usually have a Diet Coke. Yeah. <laughs> Which actually I've found some people get really mad about. Why? I think, well... Because they're hoping... Can I be like a weird conspiracy theorist about it? I think that if they're male people, they tend to get mad because they're like, oh, no, she's not going to fuck me. Well, if you think... If you... I think sex is better sober. That's just me. So I would would say if a woman's like, Coke, she's like, because I want to have all the feeling that, you know... Right. I just think think it shouldn't matter what somebody's ordering. Yeah. That's really weird. People get really, like salty about it you gotta have low self-esteem i think if you think the only way someone will possibly want to go to bed with you is if they're a little inebriated first correct okay. that is weird i go. think that's weird okay. it's a good little weeding tool though yeah that's true that's true so you're like oh god I'm gonna what if i really like diet coke what if it's your what if you're, uh, you're you've got a strange aller- something allergic to saccharin or something like that that makes you all horny and crazy yeah yeah so a lot of first dates yeah and you said they've been pretty bad yeah. Yeah, they've not been awesome. You want to share? Now, are these people aware of your kink? Yeah, that's. I think that's the problem, actually. And I've had a couple friends suggest that that's the problem, and I think that it's true. What? Why is it why is um, the problem? I think the problem is that I'm looking for people's kinks first. I'm dating like a kinky man, because I have heard kinky men tell me stories like this all the time, where I'm like, oh, we have to have the same kinks, and then hopefully we have other stuff in common. And I think I need to flip that and start dating more people that I've com- other things in common with, and then hope that maybe we can learn to enjoy the same thing. You know what's going to happen then, though? You're going to go out. You're going to be like fall in love with a dude, and then you're going to be totally incompatible, or, or a girl, and you'll be totally incompatible in the sack because you didn't. Well, I think we would get to the kink before the love part happened, but really, yeah. I mean, that's, I think that's, that's like soon. a fourth, fifth date conversation. Fourth, fifth. Yeah. Kink is a fourth or fifth date comes to you? Well, when you're kinky for your job, it comes up pretty fast. But fourth or fifth date is, I would think, is fairly late in the game. No, I mean... Here's here's what I think you should do. Yeah. Well, you are living the dream, my friend. Well, it, well, the odds were against me and... I know. It's such an amazing tale. Having been a blog reader far, long before the happiness happened and you were just the saddest little panda. And the... the 
And you did. <laughs> well, you, you were. You do, a lot of, you do a lot of animal names. He's such a grumpy bear. <laughs> such um, an angry panda. Sad panda. You sad were, panda. You were a sad panda. But here's the thing. Uh, despite all of my efforts, I was on 1,001 dating sites. I You were hustling. I was hustling. Hard. And... You were traveling. I was. And I, and I met her at a friend's birthday party. Had right. nothing to do with the dating sites or anything like that. Exactly. Now, granted, it was a kinky, you know, it was because of people I met along right. the way. But still, here's what you do. But I still made a lot of friends along the way. And I had some interesting... Well, I'm getting great stories out of it. And I'm not... It's not terrible. And I have a partner. It's just that we're poly and we don't live in the same city. So, here's what you do. You don't have to make kink... Like obvious on the on the side, the dating site, right. right? But you're gonna want to maybe do it in the initial email after you get to know the person via email a little bit. See, I don't do that. Or you have to tell the person at least by the second date. Second date? They're, yeah. Maybe I, I. You're wasting time. Otherwise, if you're going on a four and fifth date, you're not you're, getting any younger, broad. You no, gotta pick it up. No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying you have to. You have to get that. Uh, you have to let them know. Look, here's the story. I'm a huge freak. I'm a huge freak in the sack. Well, I mean, it, it does. If I had my preference, it wouldn't come up until the fourth or fifth date. However, when you are kinky, again, for a living, usually the conversation happens a little faster. But than that. again, you. Here's why you're wasting time. Why would you waste time with someone who? Well, who freaks out because you spank people? Freaking out, right? That would be a problem. But here, I mean, I wasn't a poly person. I was. I think I have said on. I think I said on a massacast like that. I can't do poly. Yeah. Right. And then I met someone who was poly, and I was like, mm, I don't know. And then, and then it just sort of happened, and I decided to give it a shot. So if I meet someone who's not super kinky, but like, they find me so charming that they decide to maybe they maybe I'm not kinky, like maybe they start off like oh I don't think I'm kinky, and then they sort of like ah, she's sort of fun. She's you know, makes me a lot of cookies. Yeah. Have you gone to a poly meetup at all? No. Why not? Chicago is just, it's very, in its ways, which I've also said on here before, it's very puritanical. And so there's just, I feel like there's not all that many resources. Um, but I'm also wretchedly, wretchedly shy. Like, if you put me in a room full of strangers, I will hide. Like, I will. That makes it hard to meet people. At read, time. you know, if I go somewhere alone, I have a, I always have a book in my purse just in so case. So if you have a buddy... With you, that that helps. That might help, but I'm terrified of talking to strangers. I can pee on someone within ten minutes of meeting them if we are alone in a room together. But in a room full of strangers, I my head might blow up from fear. That, you went a lot further on that than I thought you were. I mean, that was a really big jump there. Bye bye. I don't think that was that big of a jump. No, but you just. I mean, no, it was just. I was not expecting that. Um, that I'm wretchedly introverted? No, the fact that you said, I can pee on someone in a minute from... Oh, I can't. I mean, because because the instinct when I say that I don't go to these things because I'm shy is, but you're a dominatrix. It's like, yeah, it's one person. You can be an introvert and a dominatrix. Thank you. Saad is one as well. She identifies as an introvert. Pretty much everyone I know who's a pro-dom identifies as an introvert. Wow. I had no idea. I met someone not too long ago that... You know how sometimes you and I will have this little kind of running joke about how male tops are sort of like, you know, I don't know what the word is. Not all male tops. No, are no, like no. That. We have a running joke of some male of, of what the stereotype. They can be a little challenging as people. <laughs> that sounds meaner than what I was. Gonna, there's just this, a stereotype of hey, I'm king shit of fuck mountain, you know, right? Oh, that was probably really loud. Sorry. Yeah. 
No, but there is, and again, I have some very good friends who are male tops who are not like that. But right. there are, especially new male tops, are sort of like, look at me. I found the male submissive version of that. We were at a party. This guy watches, walks up to Saad and is like, he was totally like, I'm, listen, I'm really, I'm fucking amazing at foot worship. And he was like trying to convince her, like, I will fucking rock your, like, he was like, that's your first encounter with that? But this guy, it wasn't a, may I please worship you? This was a, I am so fucking good at it. You will, your eyes will roll. The, he was just totally. Oh, yeah. And it was, you've, you've experienced this before. Yeah. I've never heard that. I've oh. never, I've never seen that first. And I was shocked. I was like, what the hell? Yeah. So you you've had guys like I will clean your fucking like toilet. They shortly. are just the gift to me. The, uh, the, like I will just I am fantastic. You will love playing with me. My ass is it beads up like a shiny new car when it's wet. It is just um, you were really you've yes. heard that. Oh, yes. We should yes. My email box is often full of those. Well, yeah, but okay. Email is just. But in person? Um, yeah, I play parties. Like, you really want to play with me. Actually, no. What is the... What are they... Just, what? It's just boast. I mean, it's the same kind of personality. It's just their sexual buttons are different, right? The same personality that's like, I am the biggest, baddest male top on the planet, and you better take off your pants immediately because I am going to just change your life. Is It's the same personality. It's just they got different... Buttons. The only time I've ever come close to doing that is there was a, an oral sex co- uh, conversation that came up at a bar amongst a few kinky people. And um, there, the conversation was going on about, well, one person, she said she's had oral sex like two or three times and she just doesn't care for it. And I, and I was, your eyes just went like, what? And I was like, oh, come on, you have, well, you clearly need someone to. And it doesn't have to be me. And I very much preface this, you know, but you... Right. You, you, you need some, an ambassador. You need an ambassador. You need someone who, you know, and totally... And then I, I'm like, what did they do? I had asked her to, to describe things, you know, and she was like... Was, I love that you were troubleshooting the pussy eating. Because it's, it's if done correctly... Like, is your screen freezing? Can you get to the start menu? It was kind of, yeah, but but it was, it was one of those things where I was... I wanted to make sure she had... It's okay if someone doesn't like oral sex, obviously. But if someone hasn't experienced good oral sex or right. someone who actually was... T- I think we found our burlesque equivalent. Oral sex for you is burlesque for me. Right, maybe. You don't, you're don't. you not a fan of yodeling in the gully? <laughs> giving or receiving? Giving. Oh, no, I like giving. Okay, well, so we're on the same side here. Right, but I'm just saying with you, this girl. That's how it's oh, like you oh, and I. Oh, yes, yeah. yes. She just couldn't... Under- but the problem is, again, she... It was the guy... Who, the guy had just done it like a couple of... Two or three times just to get her... Try to get her warmed up for the main event, right? right. That is it the main event. It wasn't the main event. It should have been the main event. And so I went on to describe... And I was like, he should try doing this. And when I described it, then she was like, no, he didn't do any of that. And the next time she was with a guy... She kind of instructed him, gave the, I had a very simple manual that I laid out for her. She said she gave this guy the manual. He did the manual and it worked for her. Now she, she loves it. Well, at least it was years ago. I'm assuming Good she job. still does. Yeah, well, what can I say? It's very simple. But again, I felt a little like I was like, 
Look You're the me. king of Pussy Mountain. Well, I wasn't going to say say that. I was going to say King Shit of Fuck Mountain, but sure, Pussy Mountain. Pussy Mountain, that's not a good visual. <laughs> um, you said you've had people come up to you at parties and say they masturbate to your photos. Yes. And it's this awkward. Is, this is sort of a compliment? You know, I think it's intended to be, but, like, what do you... I, I mean, I can't do anything other than say thank you, I guess. But I feel like when you say that to someone, there's some sort of expectation. And I will say this. I met someone recently who was in a video that I may have used for personal use from time to time. And I really had to think about how I wanted to phrase my praise of that video because I didn't want to be that guy. Can you... Okay, what was going on in the video? It's just... It's just a... Like, no one's even fucking. It's just a bondage video. Okay. But I don't like to see a lot of parts in my porn. But you used it? Yeah. And you want... It was a guy or a girl you were talking to? Girl. And you went to Claire Adams. You said, Claire... Was it Claire Adams? No, it wasn't. Oh, okay, I don't know. That's the only... I've never met Claire Adams. All right. So you... But you, you went to this person, and how did you phrase it? I just said, you know, I really... Um, appreciate this video. Um, I think it's really beautiful, and you did a great job. And smell my finger. No. No. That's how you said it. Right. But that's not... I mean, even I think if you said, I got so turned on by that video, I think coming from a woman, it's different than a guy. I don't want to get caught up. I didn't want to assume that. What, did the, what was the person's reaction? Just, oh, thanks. Yeah, so clearly you didn't convey... Well, I didn't want to be like, oh, my God, you're so hot, and that video is so hot, and just all the things. Because like, I've had that. I've had people it's lot, like come up to me at parties and say, so you should, sometimes they don't use the word masturbate. It's, I've used your photos. How do you want someone to compliment you on your photos without, it's close to indicating that they've enjoyed them? I don't think their penis needs to be in the conversation. Or, you know what? I... They can enjoy my photos quietly, and I don't. I maybe don't ever have to know about it. Can you name a conversation where the penis should be in the conversation? The person I'm dating really likes my photos, <laughs> and they say it. And so, because you've established... If they the, have a penis. So, if you're dating the person. Right. Okay. Or it's someone that I'm already intimately... Even if it's someone I just play with, and I'm not dating, or play with professionally, and they're like, oh, really liked, whatever... That's fine. But if I've never met you and the first thing you say to me is, oh, I know you. I've used your photos. That's a little... Yeah. Like... Because I, then I feel like there's some sort of expectation on my end of, well, now I'm in peer in person. Or, <laughs> like, you just told me that you'd come in your hand looking at me. And I'm not saying... I mean, there's a reason I use photos where I'm scantily clad, Right. I'm not saying that I'm all clutching my pearls. I'm a huge tease, and I feel like I'm known for, like, being a little more on the sexual side than maybe some other pro-doms are. But it's just, especially if I'm in a party and I'm not working, I'm just, don't, don't, your penis and I don't need to know about each other. I'm but I don't to... want to sound grumpy and ungrateful. You don't want to sound like a grumpy bear. I don't, <laughs> no. Or a grumpy cat, actually. I'm the grumpy cat. Grumpy Bear is someone else. You, no, but you, uh, I'm just, I'm still picturing you, grump, uh, you know, clutching your pearls. That just really, very funny. There's a lot of pearl clutching in kink, I think. But I don't, I don't want to sound ungrateful. I'm glad, like, 
it's very sweet that people are appreciative, but I just don't. Just say, I really enjoy your photos. Or just, are you enjoying the party? How's your night? There you go. How's your night? And I've got your phone. I'm going to go to the bathroom because I've got your photos on my phone. Uh, would you care to join me? That happened once. What? No, the bathroom part didn't happen, but someone pulled out their phone and was like, oh, you're the girl from that, because my face isn't in them anymore. So it doesn't happen as much now that my face isn't in them, but he pulled out his phone, and his wallpaper on his phone was a picture from my website. How did he like, recognize? Is it a tattoo? Well, the, I, there is someone who has a tattoo of me. Oh, they recognize, no, my tattoo. Someone has a tattoo of you? Yeah. Really? Yes. That one, I'm not surprised, but I'm just like... I am. <laughs> was this something you asked, you ordered? No. I would never order someone to permanently mark their body, ever. Ever. What? Is there a Chinese symbol for fate underneath or something? Like, what no, is it's f- just me. And it's just, and it's just chilling. You're just, you're just like reading a magazine? Or what are you doing in the... I'm, I'm just standing there holding a single tail in an outfit that I actually own. It looks like me. Like I look, it's it's me. Listen. Yeah. How your family members express their adoration for you is not anything. <laughs> but is this someone you were close to? No. Okay. Well, maybe we shouldn't talk about this anymore. This no, clearly... I mean it's just I, that's like the thing, right? You would think that, but we played together for a year, and then and then he was so moved. Well, that. Which is, again, I don't want to sound like Grumpy Cat. I'm not Grumpy Cat. That sounds like a compliment to me than more than anything else. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Is there anything else that people out there in the universe should be cautious of before contacting you or before they, if they run into you in a dark alley? I have been a little obsessed with Wonder Woman. Lately? Well, I mean, forever. Yeah. But lately, especially. Like you have a, is it a you... Want to be Wonder Woman, or you ha- you want to be with Wonder Woman? Oh, I hadn't thought about that second one, but maybe. Um, I I don't really like role play, but now I've become obsessed with Wonder Woman role plays. There's one person I like to role play with, and they don't live in Chicago, so it's kind of a bummer. But I think I want to be Wonder Woman, and I want to because I love interrogation scenes; it's like my favorite thing. So I want to have like the lasso of truth and do like. A Wonder Woman interrogation scene. But then the person has to tell the truth. It's not much of an interrogation. But they wouldn't... Well, but they wouldn't want to. So they're like, yes! Exactly. Like, they uh, would be, like, really... Begrudgingly. Yeah. Yeah. But I also, I think as a bottom, I started thinking about Wonder Woman a lot. Because she got tied up a whole lot. She did. By, like, men in uniform. Thank you for coming, for talking, talking about... Such a yeah. sensitive subject, Thanks and saying it in a way that only you can. And um, we're going to have a link to your. We'll have a link to your website. We'll have a link to the article in particular where you discuss all the amazing advice for people, both tops and bottoms. Great. Yeah, you can find uh, the link. Actually, her her blog is the Sadist Next Door and you can find BDSM for survivors. You can also find the link on Massacast.com. You can also find her. Twitter and her website, all of that. Massacast.com. Thanks to Crimson. Always, it's always great to have her on the show. We've got more fabulous guests in a couple of weeks. We'll talk to you later. Bye bye. <laughs>